Welcome, friends, to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers, where artists support artists. Our multi-generational and multi-genre community is always open to new members. Go to www.roundtablewriters.org to learn more. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Thanks for listening. From poetry and the profound to practical portraits of the writing life, from genres of the fantastic and romantic to matters of the stalwart dramatic, welcome to Roundtable Radio, a Roundtable Writer's production. Soft breeze is blowing, new green and glowing sun, warmly shining, melting the snow. Brook lets the hurry onward, they scurry down to the ocean gleaming below. Wake, oh my heart, and join in. New life is stirring, earth is reborn. For love is swelling, gay carouseling, sorrow and gold must go. Welcome to Roundtable Radio. My name is Katrina Ray Salas. I'm a writer, activist, artist, and content creator. Today I'm going to talk about writing political editorials or just writing about politics in general. I believe that we are at a crossroads politically, and there's so much happening right now between labor movements, the pandemic, and let's face it, the last administration brought a lot of new people into the political world. Interest in politics over the last few years really has grown, and with that comes a lot of opinions being shared, sometimes in ineffective ways. Many of those political views are being shared in poorly argued or poorly written Facebook posts and rambling TikTok videos, but there are better, more influential ways for writers to impact the political world. Learning to share your political views in ways that can actually make a difference in the world is important and empowering, and in this episode we're going to talk about how to write a solid political argument and different places your political writing could land. I began writing political editorials just out of high school. Right around the time the term blog was first being co- being coined in the late 90s and early 2000s, I was writing my first blog on mydiary.org, where I wrote about body positivity, LGBT rights, and why I thought teachers should be paid more than NFL players. Hopefully that blog no longer exists and no one remembers it because my writing has grown a lot since then, but they do say the internet is forever. I'm now a regular contributor to a local progressive news site where I write about diversity, social class, and LGBT rights. That topic does seem to stick around for me. And I've had a few picked up that have gone national. One in particular, um, a group of local men were attempting to censor the books that the public library could feature on a display table that they had up for Pride Month a few years back. I wrote an article about the dangers of book censorship that reached news sources internationally, including being featured in a London newspaper. I've been interviewed on podcasts talking about my political views, and I've given speeches at political rallies and marches. As an active member of my teachers' union, I've written and presented statements to politicians, both locally and nationally, about the state of higher education, the reality of adjunct professors in our colleges and universities, and other topics near and dear to my heart. I do not shy away from sharing my opinions, but there are a lot of things I bring to my writing that can make sharing these opinions more effective and impactful. What is political writing? Political writing can come in many forms and it has a long history in this world. It can be a letter you write to your state politicians asking them to support a current bill, or it could be an opinion article or letter to the editor that you submit to a local newspaper, or it could be an entire book. It can be very obviously political, discussing the actions of a certain politician or exploring one specific bill, perhaps. 
and from an obvious political angle, or it could be more broad, looking at a topic from multiple angles and more analytical than opinionated. Political writing can be very powerful and empowering. In January of 2020, I spoke at the Maine State Senate on behalf of a proposal that would, among other things, create a committee to research the work lives of adjunct college professors in our local community college system. I've been teaching as, as an adjunct for five years now, and I clearly have a lot to say on this topic. There are a lot of flaws in this system. In my written statement, I opened with my personal experience. In 2010, I applied to go to the local community college as a 26-year-old. I had not attended college right out of high school, largely because my home life at the time wasn't very good and I was focused first on escaping that. Going to college changed my entire trajectory. I went from the community college to a four-year college and then eventually into two different master's programs before I began working as a college instructor. The fact that I know what it's like to be a community college student and I now work for that same very co that very same college, all gave me a lot of clout in what I wrote in my statement. The statement, at least in this situation, was printed off for all of the elected officials, and I also read it out loud to them while in committee. I was, of course, not the only one who spoke on behalf of that particular motion. The measure passed unanimously. Learning that, learning that I had an impact on passing something I believed so strongly in, there is no greater drug in this world. Political writing and political involvement can be a life-changing experience. It can also feel like screaming into the void. But there are a few ways to make it feel a little less screaming and more like making change. First, you have to get personal. Tell your personal story. You are automatically in a position of power because you are a constituent, a member of a democracy. So use that position. Your readers, whether they be newspaper readers or political readers, likely already know some of the facts or most of the facts. They probably know something of the situation if it's been in the public dialogue. They know the statistics and they likely already know how they feel about it. The only thing you can do is hope to change their mind through personal testimony. Include those facts to back up your story, of course, but tell a story first. And tell it in a way that informs people as to why you can speak for others. I wasn't just talking to the state legislators as a college professor, but also as a former college student and as a person who benefited from the community college system because obtaining that degree was what helped me break a cycle of generational poverty. That added experience can go a long way in grabbing their attention and connecting with your audience. Be confident that you are speaking on behalf of many and can demonstrate why that is so. Be concise and stay focused. Let's face it, we are all moving very quickly. There are a million things demanding our attention, begging to distract us. A large number of online articles are skimmed, and I'm not even sure who's buying print newspapers these days, except maybe the local library. When you send a letter to a politician, chances are good the person reading it is an intern in their office. If the language is lofty and the paragraphs are long, how much of that letter will they be able to absorb in a bu busy political office? When your readers open it on Twitter, how long will it keep their attention before they scroll on? Keep your language clear, your sentences short, make every word count, and make sure your most important points are obvious. For example, if you're writing an article about abortion rights, you want to include your most important points about those rights at the beginning of the paragraph and then grow the article from there. And don't, don't go off on tangents. You may be able to follow that train all the way over to that other track, but your reader may not. Going off on a tangent can leave your reader feeling less confident in your knowledge as well as lost in just reading the piece. Perhaps you aren't quite as educated on this topic if you can't stick with talking about it. 
For this, I'd like to offer you an example from one of my college freshmen. A student last semester wrote a paper about racism. However, in the middle of his argument about racism, he dropped an insulting and offensive line about transgender rights. It was not only offensive, it was completely off topic and derailed his entire argument. Which brings me to the most important thing to remember when writing political editorials. Remain professional. It is so easy in our world to get caught up in the mudslinging and the insults, and there is an argument to be made that you have to fight fire with fire. But there are ways to bring up the holes in the opposition's plan. There are ways to emphasize the dangers that exist around a certain political viewpoint or bill without simply resorting to name-calling. And although I'd like to believe this doesn't need to be brought up when talking to professional writers, I can tell from experience that it does. Writing politically is about telling a story in a professional, concise way. It's about building a solid argument that doesn't get caught up in fallacies or get derailed by distraction. And it's about making a real solid difference in the world around us. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like the sound of my voice and want to hear me talk about art, writing, knitting, paganism, feminism, and any other topic, you can find my podcast at www.stitchandwitch.com. And thanks for listening to Roundtable Radio, produced by Roundtable Writers. If you like this episode and the other work that Roundtable Writers does in the world, please consider leaving a short five-star review on the podcast podcasting app of your choice. And if you feel like donating the price of a coffee a month to support us, you can go to our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Again, that's ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Roundtable Radio is brought to you with the generous support of our Ko-fi patrons. If you enjoy our community and the projects we do, please consider donating the price of a monthly coffee by signing up on our Ko-fi page at ko-fi.com slash roundtablewriters. Our music is Spring off the 1941 album Folk Songs of the Americas and uploaded to the Internet Archive by the Cowley Austin Foundation. Roundtable Radio is made available under the Creative Commons license BYNCSA. This license allows reusers to distribute, remix, adapt, and build upon the material in any medium or format for non-commercial purposes only, and only so long as attribution is given to the creator. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.